Everybody, welcome back to the episode of Ambivalence. I'm Scott. I'm Nick. Uh, before we be, the episode starts, I want to thank everybody for listening to our uh, Facebook group on our one year anniversary. It was really cool for you guys to drop in and say hi. Anyway, our guest today is writer, director, and actor, and really great guy, and personal friend of mine, and sweetheart, Jason fucking Zink. Dude, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. That is such an amazing intro. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. 
It is so, yeah, really so, our pleasure. So yeah. So for that, for those of us who don't know, Jason Zink, personal friend, awesome guy, um, directed a movie called Straight Edge Kegger and actually acted in it and wrote it. And it is a phenomenal horror movie. I gotta say, I, I love it. Well, thanks so much, man. I will say you're uh, you're really building up my my acting, and I don't like acting. <laughs> but you did. I, no, I, you're I, in. You're in the I, credits, my friend. I'm only in the movie as a means to like cut out one more person to schedule. <laughs> so, so, so like, so when we got really busy and like, you know, inevitably we were just talking about it before we started recording, like something always goes wrong. Oh yeah. And, and so oh, I, we, we know that. Yeah. So I, yeah. I anticipated that. And so I said, okay, if I cast myself in this small role, then when something goes wrong, I could just push all my scenes to a date when everybody else isn't there. So that's the only reason I'm in it. I do not want to act. Well, you did a great job. You're you're my favorite character. (laughs) (laughs) I could watch you say two words all day. (laughs) Well, thanks, Scott. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about... About your movie, that I mean, I'm sure you've been on podcasts and you know you've got the cliche questions like your inspiration, but I haven't heard that. So, what was your inspiration behind making the film? Um, it, it was a lot of things, um, but the, the, I guess the main thing was just, um, you know, Kevin Smith in his book Tough Shit. I was listening to the audiobook a lot, and he talks about how he made Red State and how it mm-hmm. was like he basically took all of his own like personal demons and frustration with with religion and with these like psycho uh, Southern Baptist people. And he wanted to turn that into something productive, I guess. And so I was trying to do a similar thing with the things that I knew well. Uh, So that's punk rock and horror. And when I first started coming up with it, it was actually going to be about neo-Nazi skinheads. And then pretty early on, luckily uh, green room came out (laughs) Right. And I was like, well, I can't do that. Like, they had, like, a $5 million budget or whatever. And it's a great movie. I love Green Room. Um, oh, it's, it's awesome. It's wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. That's still punk rock horror, but nobody's really done yet. So um, as soon as Straight Edge popped into my head, like, the ball just started rolling. That's awesome. So, Absolutely. Like, yeah. So but how did you get the idea? Like, how did the, the idea of straight edge pop into your head? Were you listening to like a minor threat album one day? Like, Oh, I should do this. Or how did that come along? Well, it's, you know, it's been a part of my life for a long time. I have friends who are straight edge. People used to think that I was like straight edge, I guess by definition I was, but I wasn't rocking the X's or anything. Um, and, and so I, I already had some knowledge of that scene and, and stuff like that. But I actually think, if I really was honest, there was this documentary of a show. It was an episode of a documentary show called Gangland. I don't know if you guys. Oh, yeah. I did watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they talked about uh, FSU, which is uh, Friends Stand United or Mm -hmm. Fuck Shit Up. Fuck Shit Up, yeah. Yeah. Depending on who you talk about. And and they just, it was so overly uh, dramatized and, and blown out of proportion, I thought like, wait a second, what if that was a horror movie? Like, what if, what if instead of accidentally killing someone like they did, there was a reason for this guy to go, to go kill people. So, yeah. so I guess it's, it's a com- combination of things, but 
those are probably the two main influences that got it started. That's cool. That's cool. It was it was cool to like I don't know watch the movie and see like Warren in it and see <laughs> yeah. fucking Bajan in it. Uh, two 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 pretty good friends of Jay's. Um, I was uh, and that was just like oh this is so cool. Uh, I was envious of those two. I thought I was like oh man that's awesome. <laughs> Scott, you're such a sweetheart. I think it'd be weird if you were one of the killers. I know. I'd be too. I'd be too nice about it. I we could try. We could try. Imagine that. I be. I stab a guy and then I hug him afterwards and apologize. That's exactly <laughs> what would happen. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I want a beer or something? <laughs> we we kind of joked around. I'll never do this, but we joked around about making a sequel uh, that's Straight Edge Kegger Two: Sean's Revenge, and it's and it's actually the drunks like going and busting up all these straight edge <laughs> groups and hangouts and, and, and it's more like an action movie so i think you could be in sean's gang i think that would be a good fit uh, cool i'll be in a made-up movie i love it <laughs> hey man i i fully support that movie actually happening <laughs> i made i i get questions about it sometimes because yeah. uh, on on april fool's day a couple of years ago i made a fake poster for it and and people still think that it's real <laughs> but no i don't <laughs> I, I got other stories to tell i don't want to make a sequel to that no for sure. sure um so did you film it all in lafayette yeah pretty much um the opening concert is at uh the subterranean in chicago okay and then there's one tiny little bit that we shot in indianapolis right outside of uh the melody inn they had a uh, kind of stickered up graffitied payphone um, booth on the wall and so we use that and it actually funny enough it didn't have a phone like that's all gone so i bought just the phone part on ebay and we just kind of stuck it in there and pretended that <laughs> i was using the phone i was gonna say is that nice. the same when you call the cops that's awesome yeah. Yeah. that's cool gotta get creative man it's hard you it's gotta hard. make it work it's hard to find payphones nowadays i bet yeah oh yeah definitely <laughs> I haven't seen uh, one in the wild in a long time. Yeah, uh, that's cool, man. That's I mean, I'm so thrilled. Like, how so? Have you won like any um, like screening awards or anything for it yet, or is it still? Yeah, like, how, so I'm sorry, guys, I don't know how the ass that I may make it sound weird, but no. <laughs> so you guys may. I don't know when you first heard about it or watched it, but um, but I do feel like the movie has like it already kind of, it did its festival run like that's that's over and done with you know we we did win some awards we got selected by a bunch of fests we got rejected by a lot more i promise you um but we we did that for about a year and i toured around the country as best i could um and and then we got distribution and now like if you didn't catch it you know while it was on tour or whatever then you you kind of that was it for a little bit and we had like a lull of like I don't know, almost a year. And then finally it got put up on, on shutter and Tubi TV and Amazon. And, uh, now it seems to kind of be like getting a second wind, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, nice. I'm getting messages. I'm getting messages from people around the country that I've never met before who just randomly caught it and, and think it's cool or whatever. Um, and I never got that during the festival circuit. So yeah, it's a, it's a different experience, but it's, it's pretty cool. And, I think hopefully it's starting to find its its audience, you know. Yeah, because it, it was twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, it came out right two years ago. Yeah, and yeah, so I'm a little late to the game on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Well, you know, it's because we 
we said 2019 was when it was completed, but then like nobody could actually watch it until like late 2020, I think. So, uh-huh. so the timeline's a little funky on it, but yeah, but yeah, it's out there now. <laughs> oh, it's all and it's great, and anyone needs to watch it. And oh, thanks. So, it's oh, superb. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, and I gotta ask, like, so with each kill and each death. How did the planning go for those? Um, well, this one was super... It's always complicated when it comes to effects because I really like special effects. I don't really want to do a bunch of CG. Um, we really just use visual effects, like computer-generated stuff, if it's to cover something, like a mistake, when we filmed. Um, so, for instance, we have a throat slit in the movie, and we did it... Like we have a couple actually, but uh, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert! But the one, <laughs> the one that happens in the backyard, um, we did like an old theater trick where you put a, a ball filled with fake blood and a little tube, and you squeeze that ball as you drag the knife across their neck, and it makes it look like blood's coming out. Um, and we did; it looked pretty good, but we made a mistake and and we filmed it in a way that you could see the blue like bright blue ball that he's squeezing you, you oh, could man. see it clear as day in the <laughs> shot uh and so i had to get someone to basically mask that out and like darken it and make it make it look more like a shadow um so you didn't see it so so we'll do something like that but really everything else we're doing practically on set um and it's hard with like with no money and and no time it it can be really difficult and if you have a good effects guy like Derek uh, Childers who's out in LA but he's from Lafayette so he came back to help us um he he crushed it with some of those effects and and he just had to it was funny he would like practice and send us videos from LA like he would just practice on somebody who wasn't our actor and wow yeah, and then he'd he'd bring all that stuff here, and then try to kind of reassemble it on on the actual actor. So it took a lot of uh, a lot of planning, and some of it was like over a year in the making to finally see it happen. You know. Wow, that's awesome, man. I mean, so so how long did it actually take, like from start to finish? Oh God, to, that's to, to film and everything. <laughs> well. <laughs> That's a really it's it's a very good question, but it's a really complicated answer. Sure, um, sure. I guess the simplest number that people really like to hear about is like principal photography, like just just starting to shoot when everyone showed up, and then ending was eleven days. Oh wow! And, and but then we had several weekends after that of like pickup shoots and fixing things. Um, sure, sure. And, and then the, the reason it's a more complicated answer than that is like we started this whole process back in 2016 because oh, wow. we because we made a proof of concept trailer, like a fake trailer to try mm-hmm. to generate buzz for it. And then we spent like almost a year like playing that at festivals and, and getting that on like hard times news and promoting it. And then and then we did a crowdfunding campaign which was not enough money. So I put a bunch on my credit cards and then, uh, and yeah. And so, so ultimately like from that proof of concept trailer in 2016 to finishing the movie, it was like three years. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's quite a commitment. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have no idea the process of making a film. So it's very interesting to me for sure. Yeah. There's, there's a lot that goes into it. Like a lot more than I, you know, I think, most people can watch a movie and be like, okay, this is, 
this is hard work. Like this is going to take time and effort. They, they can understand that. Sure. But then like really like the, the, down to the tiny details of everything that happens on a daily basis. It's insane. I kind of wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy, but it's like, (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time, like I love it. It's more of like a calling than I think it is a choice, you know? Well, it's going to feel good to see it all, you know, cut it, edited and just, you know, on the screen. And like that, there's your, like that's your piece of art, you know, Scott, I'm about to make you really sad. (laughs) I'm, I am so uh, anxiety ridden when it comes to this stuff that I have almost never seen the movie with an audience. I um, no way. <laughs> yeah, when when we go play festivals and stuff, I'll just go do the intro if they want me to do an intro, and then I'll go to the bar or I'll walk around the block or whatever, and then I'll come back about an hour and fifteen minutes later and. <laughs> Wait until the movie ends to go do my Q and A. No kidding! Wow, <laughs> yeah. I I can relate um, to the aspect where I don't listen to our episodes because I hate my voice so much. You that, should, um, yeah, no, I, you I, I, I hate the way I sound. Um, so, like, even though we have great guests, it's like I cannot listen to myself talk because I think I sound just so stupid on the recording i i used to feel that way but because i edit the episodes i have to listen to them like multiple times so i fucking voice yeah i just <laughs> i got used to it you know you get used to hearing it <laughs> so sure. bring my own voice because i hate uh-huh. my own voice too but like i said you know i think we all it. do you know oh yeah i guess yeah. yeah yeah that's pretty common but uh so with um, funding, any kind of funding, or was it other other than the you know said so the crowdfunding? But like, was did anybody else you know help fund the film? Um. So mostly it's it's all me on uh, credit cards, and I've actually been donating blood plasma twice a week for the last like two and a half years to pay down my debt. Um, <laughs> which wow. is yeah, I mean that's if. I'm hoping one day that's the story for Conan or something. You know what I mean? Like if Conan's still around by then, but, uh, (laughs) um, but yeah, I did have, you know, my dad is a big supporter. So my dad helped. And then um, I have a couple of friends who like, while they did contribute to the crowdfunding, they kicked in a pretty decent sized chunk. Um, So, yeah. So I had a couple of really supportive people. I, I have a handful of, um, more than a handful of supportive people for sure. But, but yeah, it, it did wind up mostly um, credit card debt. Sure. Which sure. is, which sucks. It, it not only does it suck that that's kind of the way it goes with independent films nowadays, but it's also like the thing that people don't really think about is it kind of like nickel and dimes you to death. So like, so you'll, instead of having, let's say, let's say an effect takes $5,000 to do correctly. And instead we cut the corners and do it limited, limited, limited. And we spend 500 bucks to try to get it done. But then that effect uh, either a doesn't go right. So we have to repeat the process and spend more money or, or it doesn't match up with something else that you shot a year earlier because, (laughs) because what, what that money really does is it just buys you more time and support so you could do it all at once. And, and instead of only shooting 11 days and then going right back to work, you can shoot 
for 14 days or whatever it winds up being. Um, okay. And so, yeah, so a lot of, a lot of money that wound up getting spent was like, okay, now I need to fly that actor back out here or, um, we need to spend more money on effects because we couldn't get it done while we were shooting, you know, during principle, like a lot of that stuff happens. So it just, it winds up like a beat up old car where you're just like fixing, you're putting out these small fires and just throwing money at it. Um, sure, sure. To get it, to get it finished. And, and at a certain point, I mean, I'm sure it's like this with every film, but definitely with these DIY indies, like art is never completed. It's abandoned. So you just hit a point where you're like, well, that's the best that we can do mm-hmm. with this thing, you know? So, so when I watched, you know, Scott, you're right. Like I, I am very proud of what we did and I think it's a pretty cool thing, especially for the budget that we had. But when I watch it, I just see the mistakes and I see all the, the seams and what I would do differently. So it's kind of hard for me to, to watch it. Um, sure. I think, I think the more space I give myself, the easier it's getting. Like we're about to do a screening um, actually in Lafayette for the first time since like we first um, released and um and i'm actually gonna sit there and watch the whole thing or at least i'm gonna try i guess where's where's that and when and where um we're showing so we uh we do a screening series down here um at a bar called the spot they have this nice patio out back i see you post about that place all the time yeah and so uh you know what people kept hounding me to play straight edge kegger and i just kept pushing it off and finally i said you know what I, I think it's about time. It's about to be like some sort of anniversary because we shot in September. So we're just going to mm-hmm. do it and I'm going to bring out a bunch of props and do giveaways and stuff, but, but it's always on Tuesday nights. So, oh, okay. So no, I'm, I can't. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Who can on a Tuesday night is my question. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a local thing. You know what I mean? It's very much like, yeah, I, I don't expect a bunch of people to drive from all over the place to come check it out. Oh, uh, if I could, I would. Well, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. The thought that I was, well, I was there when you screened your first film, When I Die. I was oh on the screen of that. Yeah, and how long ago was that? That movie, I think, was completed in like 2011? Something, yeah. something like that? Or 2009, I, maybe? It was. It was a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. That makes me and, feel I, really old. and I have a confession to make. Um, you, the the last time you did some street edge kegger, I tried to donate. And you mentioned credit card debt. My credit card got declined trying to help you with your film. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And, That's and, and, I, and I got a message again. I said, You trying to help. What happened? I just didn't respond. I felt embarrassed. I was like, I don't, can't afford to. <laughs> <laughs> I felt terrible. That's, you should you shouldn't uh, feel terrible, but that's oh, I felt you, so bad, and I held that guilt oh till now. No, oh, I feel so much better. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is all about you, right? This podcast is this is to get weight off your shoulders. Oh, yeah, yes, that's I feel that's, much that's what this I, is all about. <laughs> I feel great. How do you feel now? <laughs> and my money was no good. <laughs> You're fine, man. You're fine. All good. No. Um, so speaking about the Lafayette scene in the community, is the, the band Ugly Bones who are in the film, are they a Lafayette local band? They are actually a Chicago band. Um, okay. And so sadly they have since disbanded. It wasn't because of the movie. Um, 
but uh you know they they put in it's weird they kind of rode this this wave with me like you know they were a part of the proof of concept trailer i've shot some music videos for them over the years um and and i'm really good friends with those guys so uh without them we really couldn't have done it but yeah they they just played their last show a few months ago oh that's a shame did you go do it yeah of course i did yeah yeah how was it oh it was awesome i i they played at the cobra lounge um it's an old stomping ground for them, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I've seen that band play, I don't know, maybe 20 shows. Um, wow. And the show that we did at the subterranean for the movie was just mm-hmm. such, such a special and like different kind of show uh, for them. And for us, I mean, it was really, I just, you know, you talked about Joe Bachin, my buddy from yeah. high school and mm-hmm. um, Joe, like I'm running around like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to figure out stuff and get people organized. Um, and Joe stopped me and was just like, Hey, I just want you to know, this is really cool. And like, he was just, he was just taking it in and like looking around at like the fact that we rented the subterranean and we were doing this big thing. And we had all these lights everywhere. And it was just, it was, it was a really nice day. I, it was one of the most hectic days of my life, but it was honestly like one of the, the highlights of my life for sure. So I could imagine shooting like all those people and trying to plan something out during a show with a band's playing. Like how oh, does it that was, work? It was I just well, just chaos. <laughs> it, it kind of it kind of was. We were we were pretty smart about it because we had um, we threw a free punk show and just warned everyone that we'd be filming. And I got on the microphone and told everybody. Hey, if you don't want to be on camera, then get the hell out. Like, this is what we're doing. Um, but we filmed the, the majority, not all of it, but the majority of the crowd shots we filmed during the opening bands. And then when Ugly Bones went on, we could film their part. And then we still got people definitely jumping in the crowd for them because they went nuts. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it wound up, it made a lot of sense. There were some people who got really frustrated um, pretty quick because... We had them play the same, you know, if, you sh- if you've ever been on the set of a movie, you know that you shoot things multiple times. It's rarely that you could be like one and done. And, right, sure. uh, and so we had them start the same song probably four or five times um, and play the first like 25, 30 seconds of it to get this shot. And so people would get all excited and go nuts. And then it's like, all right, now stop. Let's let's reset. And so a few people in the back were like, "Oh fuck this!" and they and they took off. And, and that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I, knew, I knew it was probably going to happen, but but yeah, it was a really really special night. A lot of fun. That that was like a lot of fun, man. For sure. You know, you know, one of the absolutely loved in that movie was the the screwdriver reference. But instead oh, of yeah. calling them screwdriver, calling them flathead, that was freaking brilliant. <laughs> a, few, a few people have have definitely pointed that out, but I love that part. And it's you know, I, I will be honest. Like the ball, the snowball just started like rolling downhill and building. And the the script that I wrote for that movie, I wrote in like just a handful of weeks, like really fast because of sure. the crowd, crowd, crowdfunding, and um, it never got revised. Like it should have undergone so many revisions, but it just was like, it, it was what, what I call my vomit draft. It's like, I just okay. throw it all out onto the page and there's so much stuff that should have been done differently. Like I look back on. And one of those is like, 
I, I don't know why I made ugly bones ugly bones like i (laughs) i just made them themselves which i feel kind of guilty about still like they don't seem to care they're like whatever and like at least in the movie like you bring up ugly bones so if people like the music they know they can go look up ugly bones then but sure but but i probably should have like fictionalized a little bit more (laughs) with that stuff so there's no separation but it felt, I'm sure, like, it felt really real, though, to say, like, oh, yeah, like, they're being themselves, and I have to, like, pretend to be another band, or, you know, they just did what was natural to them. No, yeah. that, d- definitely. I, I do wonder, I, I've never asked Lev and the guys this, but, like, I did wonder if they watched it and felt like it was a little bit of that, like, Ramones in Rock and Roll High School kind of thing. Like, oh, like, yeah. we, like we made a movie for Ugly Bones, but that really yeah. wasn't, wasn't. I don't know. Maybe if they were like driving in a car with their instruments, maybe that would be a little weird. But that never happens. So I think you're okay. Yeah, fair <laughs> or enough. Or if they're like, or if they're in the shower <laughs> playing yeah. playing yeah. their instruments, maybe. But I, I didn't get that feeling at all. It fair felt enough. very felt very genuine. Like the whole that whole first that whole first shot of the concert just felt like man. Yeah, it was like, it was very you, genuine. You are you feel like you're out and actually at a show and nothing like, you know, the bullshit. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and a lot of people a lot of people said that too, that it felt um, very natural, very genuine. And and I said that that was what was important to us because I've seen so many movies where the concert scenes are so like canned and corny. Um, like blowing freaking fire out of your mouth. I've seen that in every single punk movie when there's yeah, a concert. And I don't remember what it's called. I, it's either Campfire Tales or Campfire Stories. Somebody's going to yell at me out there. But um, one of those movies has the misfits with Michael Graves play a, a con- like a house show at the end of the movie. And oh, wow. you can, and it's so lame. It looks like an ad for Hot Topic. And, oh, man. and also like the, you could tell that it's not live music. It's, it's just like the CD and then them trying to lip sync over it. And so I, I was just paranoid that we were going to have that be what it was. And uh, the a, a huge saving grace, like firstly, Subterranean was, they were so fucking amazing and they were I so, love that venue. I, oh, love they, that venue. I love that venue too. Um, mm-hmm. And so they were, they were wonderful and without them, we couldn't have done it. But also my, my sound designer, uh, Tim Gick, he, actually recorded the band live at the show and made it possible that everything you hear is like that's real you know um, right totally changes the the vibe for sure yeah yeah it's very well, very show, authentic feeling yeah mm-hmm. definitely i saw a face-to-face at the subterranean oh they, really? did a, they did the don't turn away album in its entirety oh that's right the, the first show i ever saw there was a ceremony Oh wow! And I, man, I loved it. I, I've loved every show I've been to there, but um, yeah. but th- that the stage is kind of low to the ground, and that was uh-huh. the main, that was the main thing that I got excited about. But then the the thing that really is wonderful about that place is that it has that balcony on the second floor, mm-hmm. right? And so we put all of our lights up on the second floor, so you could just let the kids on the first floor just do whatever the hell they wanted to do. And you didn't have to worry about people knocking stuff over or getting in the way of um, the lights or whatever it without that. I, I don't know what the hell we would have done. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I mean, it means that you could literally just like film the show yeah. instead of, they like, probably don't give a shit about your equipment. <laughs> no, well, not, only, not only that, but like 
a huge thing that takes so much time on set is that you'll light one side of the room. And then when you switch to the other side, you have to then move all of those lights and you have to like kind of reframe things. You even sometimes have to move furniture. So it takes a really long time. And so to be able to just say, screw that, let's just set up the lights once upstairs and record. I mean, that's like I said, I, I don't know how we could have possibly done that night at any other venue really. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And then if you don't mind me asking, um, how, how was, how did the casting for that movie go? Like, did you put out ads? Did you already have people in mind? Um, so we, so, you know, trying to be DIY and cheap, I wrote some things to non-actors, you know, friends and family members. Um, but we did, uh, put out a casting call and we did it online with this, uh, company called Backstage Casting. And, uh, we probably had like 400 people apply. Um, wow, oh, that's wow. awesome. That's yeah, it was, pretty, it was pretty cool. Um, we only probably auditioned, gosh, let me think maybe like 20 people. And that, that sounds like a really big cutout, but like we had so many people apply from like foreign countries and stuff that were like, man, we just can't afford, like they might've been great, but like, I can't fly them from, you know, Asia to here. No way, <laughs> yeah, right? No way. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we got very lucky. Like, uh, Julio and Evie were both in the Chicagoland area and funny enough, like they were, um, like early picks, like just from headshots. We were like, okay. dang, dang, we actually really like these people. Um, mm. and they wound up working out. And then Corey Kays, uh, he had kind of like stiff competition, um, near the end there. But he, there was just something about him that, like, every time we talked to him, we just kind of felt, like, at ease about it, I guess, or, like, comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. So we were like, so we were like let's, give, let's give this guy a shot. And he wound up being, like, such a champion for the movie and, and so good. So, yeah, we got really lucky um, casting some of those roles, for sure. Did you have people send you, like, audition tapes? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Did you? We... We actually, I'll, I'll, I'll never show these things to people like, oh, know, sure. but sure. there, there was one guy who it was so weird because he gave us a pretty good audition tape and, but we told him, we were like, Hey, like there's, it's kind of stiff competition. We were wondering if you could actually read um, this other scene and we could see what happens. And he sent us back the craziest version of that scene and ad libs so it was so off the wall and we were like okay we can't this is not a good fit but it was it was so weird because his first scene was so good and we're like oh this guy's awesome maybe we should get him and then that second tape was just like nonsense i don't know what happened <laughs> so, oh, man. so yeah and I'm, I, I'm a digital pack rat so i have all that stuff but Oh, it dude. just sits there. Yeah. Talk about a show at the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe just uh, artisan tapes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Maybe, uh, maybe one day that guy will be rich and famous, and I can be like, "Hey, check out this weird thing he did." <laughs> that would be perfect. Hey, this one time. <laughs> Roll yeah. the tape. Roll the tape. Roll the tape. Okay, so well, speak, yeah, speaking about footage people haven't seen, is there like a lot of outtakes and like a lot of uh, deleted scenes and stuff from this movie, or is it kind of minimal? 
pretty minimal. There are two scenes that are on uh, that are deleted that are on the um, the Blu-ray. Um, one, and it wasn't anybody's fault really. It was just there were a couple that just I don't know. It just felt like it felt like if you cut it out, nobody would miss it. And sure. that's not that's not good. So um, and I would I would argue that there's still probably another scene that if I could go back in time, I'd probably just lop it out. And I think the movie would be the better for it. But I'm not going to tell anybody what that is. Um, but but yeah, there's a couple scenes. And one of them was because the effect didn't didn't look how I wanted it to look. Um, it, you've both seen the movie, right? Yeah. So so Emily Forty Hands, who's in the. Uh, bathroom yes <laughs> yeah Play, played by emily barry and she's amazing we actually met her outside of an ugly bone show and i was just like she looks great and i and i always feel weird being like the guy going to like ask some girl to be in a movie so I, oh yeah so i so i always make i always make my girlfriend do it <laughs> nice. like, hey, hey i think she'd be good go go talk to her um, so so that's how we became friends with her but we um in the original, like there was like a mid credits ending basically. So it, it goes to the credits and then uh, right now it's so that she wakes up and it's kind of just a funny little, Oh, like Emily lived, but in the original version, she lives and then she sees that the bathroom window is open because the pig mask guy uh, manners, he had left it open the night before so she climbs out and, and she's still got the bottles on her hands and she like looks out into the sunny morning and she sees a dead body and she like, like what the, f-? and then slips and she falls and she breaks the 40 ounce bottle. <laughs> oh man. And she cuts her throat and she bleeds to death. And I fucking love it. That's great. <laughs> that's, that's so, great. so, uh, so that's how it was. And this, this, uh, we did a film festival screening at, at genre blast and this, and that was in there. And this filmmaker, this really nice guy named uh, Bob Rose, who I had never met before, but he came up to me and he was kind of hesitant. He's like, hey, can I make a suggestion? And I, I'm totally, I really am open to that kind of stuff. I, it doesn't mean I'm always going to take, you know, your input, but, right. but I was like, yeah, go for it. And he said, he said, I was feeling so good about how it ended. And then you killed Emily 40 hands and I was so bummed (laughs) and he he was like so maybe like you could end it on a more positive note and I told him I was like dude you just saved me because like every time I show the cast and the crew I tell them that I don't really like how that worked out and they're always like no it's great keep it and so I'm like I'm gonna now use you as my excuse to cut that (laughs) perfect yeah and I I put his names in the credits (laughs) yeah 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 And, and I do think I do. I think it is. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Now you're making me really question that, but I think I thanked him. Um, you'd have to watch the movie and find out. <laughs> if, if, yeah. If not, he's if not, he's getting the thanks right now. But um, but yeah, I, I think it's better as a deleted scene than it is uh, killing her off for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. So, I, I I don't have the Blu-ray or anything. I actually watched it on Shutter, so I haven't seen any of the deleted footage. But gotcha. I definitely, I definitely want to now. I, I will say if you're interested in the whole, like I usually buy Blu-rays specifically for the behind the scenes stuff. Um, sure. Yeah. I'm a film nerd and also trying to, you know, learn the tricks of the trade. <laughs> um, so uh, there is actually a feature length documentary on there called in the red um, that shows pretty much the entire process of what we went through. 
my buddy my buddy oh, Sam wow. Brown filmed that. So so yeah, if you're ever if you're ever interested in seeing all the things go wrong, then you can watch that. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, see, see, see right, the outtakes. You guys breaking character. Yeah, we we definitely have quite a few outtakes. I I've never put together like a, a bloopers reel for it, and I I keep debating like busting out the old hard drives and seeing what I could find. But it was just such a busy and stressful shoot that I really don't know that there be that much that's mm-hmm. funny. Like, sure. What, if anything, what what it would probably be is like. Like Sean Jones, who plays Sean in the movie, um, he's he's an old friend of mine. He's not an actor, but, you know, you either love him or hate him when it comes to the acting. Like some people think he's the best part of the movie. Some people think he's not so great. Um, and he knows and I know and it's fine. But <laughs> I, he struggles sometimes with with just acting natural. And so there is this one line in the movie where he goes into the closet and sees a pair of dead bodies, but he doesn't react to the dead bodies. He reacts to the weed in the closet, and he just and he just says weed. And, <laughs> and we probably filmed him doing that delivery like nineteen times in a row. Oh and man, that's funny. So I, so I have debated like for his birthday or something, just cutting together all of the bad deliveries of the that's word. Good. <laughs> so so maybe one day there will be something like that. But yeah, I've. I've definitely just left it sitting there for a while because I have a feeling more than anything, it'll just be uh, people just being frustrated and sweaty instead of like having laughable moments. Oh, sure. sure. Like just you like, fucking stop doing that. Just Jason yelling. Fuck that shit off. Yeah, that's the real <laughs> reason no one God, God damn it. They want well, bottles and shit. Dude, the, the craziest thing about that whole shooting that I don't even think the documentary really captures is we shot on these cameras that are, they're pretty powerful, but like, they're not what we should have shot on. They're just what we had money wise. Um, and the battery support failed like right at the beginning of shooting. So, oh, no. so I bought all these like backup battery things that should power you through an entire night. And instead like how the cables were working in it. And then it was like draining the batteries really fast. So we, spent the entire shoot just like running around charging batteries and like barely getting what we needed. Like the fact that we were able to make it through that sub T and actually get usable stuff is insane to me now. Um, Cause the other day I just tried to bust out that camera to film something simple. And uh, it took me like an hour to get this one, like two second shot <laughs> just oh, cause wow. of the battery. And I'm like, how did we film an entire fucking feature film with this thing? So yeah, that's uh, crazy. So yeah, that's, that's why sometimes there isn't a good funny clip is because as soon as we stopped rolling, we had to shut off the camera yeah. to just make sure that we had battery to keep going. Yeah, that makes sense. See, again, if you had money, <laughs> that wouldn't have been the issue. <laughs> I'm sorry, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I meant, Scott. That wasn't you. I failed again. Damn. Uh, uh. So I got oh, a yeah, question I got, for you. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, who Who is your biggest inspiration? As like a as filmmaker? Far as, yeah, as, as a filmmaker. Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I hate I hate to say this person because it's it's not their films that inspires me, but it's the DIY and like using your friends and family and stuff. So Kevin Smith has always been a really big influence on me um, okay. 
And it's not that I'm trying to make a movie like Mallrats. Like that's, a, that's, oh, sure. that's not how he influences me, but, but he's definitely a, a big one. Um, but then like when it comes to actual, you know, like the, the films that I, I aspire to, to shoot, like, you know, it'd be like, uh, PT Anderson, um, you know, I hate to say it, but Tarantino, Scorsese, that kind of stuff. Um, sure, I, sure. I grew up a huge John Carpenter fan, so there's that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but but more than anything, honestly, I'm, I'm trying really hard to not idolize or emulate anyone. I'm trying really hard to just, like, do me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the best way to do it. And, and I, think, I think with Straight Edge Kegger, I started to get there, um, but I think that I still... You know, like, I mean, that movie very much feels like my personality. When people watch that, they're like, oh, I could tell that you made this. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I still definitely relied on some things like, like, um, like being like this, this scene is just like what happened in Romper Stomper. Let's just try to make it look just like it did in Romper Stomper, because that's a great movie. Um, sure. And, and I'm trying every day, I'm trying to like chip away at that and instead just be a blank slate and be like, what? what do you picture and what's something that you haven't seen done before? So we're actually, we're shooting this fake trailer right now uh, called skate or die. I saw and, that. Yeah. And, and I think it's the, I mean, it's kind of easy to do because it's a fake trailer. So you get to have these just flashy little moments instead of creating an entire, you know, uh, scene around it. But, but I think I'm starting to finally like hit my stride when it comes to like, creating visuals that are actually in my head and not being disappointed <laughs> so, <Nice. laughs> so yeah i'm trying to use the things that like i want people to still watch it and be like this is a movie made by jason zink like i can feel his personality in it um and, and not be like oh it's jason zink trying to make a tarantino film you know sure absolutely so many filmmakers though (laughs) honestly that's the big thing is like i'm i'm i pace around my room while i do these things and uh i'm surrounded in my bedroom much to the chagrin of my girlfriend but like by horror masks and posters and hundreds of dvds like the influences are kind of ever expanding (laughs) oh sure you introduced me to a lot of a lot of interesting films back in the high school days when we used to spend the night at your house. You always play like some weird some weird movie on before we go to sleep. Do you remember that we used to in my dad's garage we had that that old box TV that had like a cannon on the front of it that had like a reflective mirror and that's how we projected movies? I do. I remember my dad busting me smoking weed in your garage in high school. <laughs> Um, I, I remember it clear as day. You're, you're, this, there was this giant bang on your garage door, right? And I go, use the fucking door. And there's my dad. And I, I, I had to go home. We, I, can't I will never that. forget. I would never forget that day. I, ever. Can't, I mean, I can't so many memories you. at your house. Not all good, but a lot of memories at your house. I cannot believe that you just brought that up. But trust me, we don't forget that either. <laughs> <laughs> I... Scott, I love that you. Would only have, that would only happen to me. I mean, I, I have never seen you move faster. <laughs> like you, when uh, your dad, when your dad yelled at you, you were out that door so fast. I was like, God, guys, I, w- I would pay to see that. Nick, it was Nick, amazing. I, Nick, I look, I look at my friends. And I say, guys, I gotta go. I just book it to my car. I, I, I just start I driving. Really, 
I felt really bad because your parents were so nice to me. I felt bad too. <laughs> they yelled at my dad. They used the uh, fucking door. Oh my god, that's so and now he's a and now he's a grandpa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I uh yeah, man, your house was awesome. So Nick, this this Jason's house was like the place to party in high school. He had a half a half pipe in his backyard, an awesome pool. Oh no! Nice. He would have he would have bands play all the time. It was it was one just every weekend one big party. I I, I, I spent all my time there. He probably didn't like me around all the time. <laughs> I I certainly enjoyed myself. I I never had a problem telling people how I felt. So if I didn't want you there, you wouldn't have been there, Scott. Uh, yeah. I think I just ignored you when you said that. <laughs> oh, he's just messing around. <laughs> I have one day I'm going to convert all this old footage, but I have like old camcorder footage of like even just you sitting uh, in the garage, like I think sitting on someone's lap and uh, (laughs) me like serenading you just like improv. Like I have old stuff that one day will come back to haunt Sure. Old stuff. Let's talk about STD films, shall we? Oh, God. Nick, STD films was Jason's answer to Jackass. And it was, it was like five of his, it was about, I want to say five or six. I want to say Jim Holm was one, Rob Taylor, Mm -hmm. you, Warren for sure, and maybe like a few others in and out. But um, they made me go to Walgreens and buy a bag of the pens. Because they had this (laughs) idea, they had this idea to, Put Jim in a diaper. Oh no! And... You shouldn't finish this story. <laughs> Why not? Because oh man, because I was young and and not the person I am today. Oh no! I, but okay, I'll, I was. We can, we'll, we'll cut I, it. No, we'll cut it. Fine. Well, I just I so that clip wound up in when I die, uh, <laughs> and and I actually just went back and like kind of revised some of I started revising when I die because I debated like posting it online as like a, hey look this is the first thing I ever made it's not uh-huh. good but if you're interested to see where I came from here it is but there are some things that didn't age well uh and you know that some of it's like because we were trying to make my friends look kind of stupid I mean it's supposed to be a comedy um but they said some like you know, they use some some old school terms that I don't think oh, okay. going to fly anywhere. So, yeah. So when I when I think of those things, I think about like okay. stuff that was said. I know I no. yelled at, I yelled at a yeah. woman at the park in that clip. <laughs> oh, I just remembered. I was just going to say the merry-go-round when you yeah. made him spin yeah, really was... fast. And then he got up and fell down because it was called yeah. like baby. It was called like baby's first first steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Was supposed to be baby's first step. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I was gonna say. I, I wasn't gonna go anywhere further. That's, no, I, you're, you're going. You're taking you got, things. I don't remember anything that was said. I just remember actions. We got kicked out of the park right after that, and a lady, <laughs> and a lady was yelling at us and cussing at us. So I yelled and cussed back. And now, now I'm like, man, if I was like, if I saw that happening at this age in my life. I would have gone and punched me in the face. Oh, oh my God. So my <laughs> wife's a middle school teacher. We take our kid to the park. There's all these like a-hole middle schoolers that I just get so mad being around. I just want to smack them off and say, go home. Yeah, and, and they don't have a <laughs> They're annoyed as shit. And they don't have a 17-year-old in, a, in an adult diaper. <laughs> <laughs> spinning around. Oh, oh man. Oh, man, yeah. Good old days. So <laughs> let's get off that. Do you uh, do you still attend shows? Is that something you still like to do? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, obviously, because of the pandemic, there hasn't been a whole lot of that. But it's oh, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming nice. back, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice that things are coming back. Well, and Scott, I don't do you know about the documentary I'm working on or um, I've I've you, you've been talking about, but I know you don't want to really go into into detail. So I, I would let you. I was just gonna have you pick that up if you wanted to. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I know, I know what you're doing. Um, I've been, I'm following. I stalk you on social media because you know, I got nothing else better to do. So I was like, hey, "What's Jason doing today?" Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So, so like this weekend, I'm going to Riot Fest um, to film Fear. Um, they're playing the record uh, in its entirety, and so, so actually, a lot of the shows I've been going to, it's just following fear around you know and uh but it's it's been cool um i i miss shows i i do feel like i'm getting a little old for them that sounds really lame but like i i went i so i took my dad and and rob and warren and i saw the circle jerks in chicago okay um just a few months back and and we decided to buy uh seats in the balcony (laughs) <laughs> which I, which I, had, I had i had like never done that and and rob and warren were getting all kind of energized and they're like let's go down to the pit and like my dad was tired he had worked all day uh-huh. and i was just so content to just sit up there <laughs> and oh yeah and that's so not what i used to be like i would be the uh-huh. first one down there in the pit and now it's like i'm like man i might lose my hat and i don't know i'm gonna be sweaty and <laughs> Like it's yeah. So, so I still love shows, um, but I'm definitely not the same kid who was like trying to jump off the balcony into, into the right. bit. <laughs> I, I can't relate to that. I went to with my buddy and his girlfriend to go see the chats and mean jeans in Chicago at house of blues. That's awesome. And, and it was, I mean, awesome. I mean, mean jeans, I mean, they blew the chats away. In my opinion, mean jeans killed it. But um, like in the balcony, like these, it felt like a fucking frat party. Like people are drinking beer out of their shoes, and I'm just trying to like, yeah, and like they're just like bombing beers at everybody. I'm just trying to like watch the bands play. Like it was all this distraction. I'm like, where am I? Like, <laughs> like what is that? Like, what? What are these kids doing here? <laughs> That's what it felt like. I was like, man, I feel like that old grandpa. And she's like, stop, watch the band. <laughs> I, I really for a while warren and i tossed around the idea of uh starting a podcast called post-punk depression <laughs> it was nice it was it was just getting people on to talk about like their heyday and now where they are now and like yeah. <laughs> how we're just old, idea. Uh, old oh. like curmudgeons <laughs> no like i mean i have to be i have to balance when i go to shows but i have plenty lined up um, I know October, uh, September 30th at the Brass Rail in Fort Wayne, um, there's an awesome show. It's a uh, Flamingo Nosebleed, Cobra Fox, Ghost Party, Horror Section. And then that following that following day is Mom's Basement Fest, which I don't know if you remember that, but that do it to do it yourself a record label or not, uh, Mom's Basement. But they put out just just killer bands, and it's like, a, like 13 bands playing this thing. It's crazy. Damn, that's awesome. We, I was just in. I have not heard of either of those, so now I got to piggyback off you and look into that. But yeah, for sure, I'll I, definitely let me know what you want. Have you ever gone to a Muddy Roots in Tennessee? I have not. I I no. can't really travel that far. Gotcha. I well, I had never even heard of it, but um, uh-huh. 
one of the guys that I was with, he, um, had been going for years and, but it's, 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 it's a punk fest kind of, but there's all sorts of bands and it's, it's a little more hippie than punk. I felt like, because, okay. cause you buy the three day passes, but then you get to camp for free. So then it's just like the whole place is just covered in like, um, RVs and buses and tents, just like huh. covering the grounds. Um, so it was, it was a good time for sure, but it was a yeah. different vibe that I'm used to. Well, if, if you're free, November 17th, um, it's a Saturday in Chicago. It's the Dan Vamp and the Cheats, Methadones, Copyrights, and Mikey Erg. Um, it's going to be an awesome show, yeah. And then December December 7th, I see the Queers because they got COVID last. I was supposed to see the Queers, and I get to see the Queers in December. So, yeah, it's a nice little hefty lineup this year. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. The, yeah, queers are, yeah. the Queers are always a really fun time. Oh, right? they're they're awesome live. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. Always. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I haven't I've never caught the copyrights yet, so I'm really excited to see the copyrights. Nice. I, I'm going. I think it's in December. I'm going to see McCluskey. Uh, it's the I'm first. Not familiar you, with them. You should check out McCluskey. They're kind of okay. like they're a little um, like piss jeans, but like back in the day, they're okay. It, 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 I think they were a little ahead of their time, um, but they so they haven't toured in like 18 years. And oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so actually, Lev from Ugly Bones, he, he and his fiance um, Nikki, they they just brought up in front of me that they were going to see McCluskey, and I was like, wait, 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 what'd you just say? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I instantly went and bought tickets. You should check them out. That's cool. Oh, I, I took I took Josh Corey to go see the Jasons and the Dwarves. That's awesome. <laughs> we went to Reggie's. And- I bet that, that was, was a really fun show. That was that was supposed to be the queers playing with the Jasons and the Dwarves, and the queers backed out. So it was Rage and Nathan's, Jasons and Dwarves, and the J. I don't know if you if you, if you heard of the Jasons or aware of their yeah, yeah. of their presence. So fucking good live. Oh yeah, they are. Uh, they are amazing. The first time I saw them was in Michigan City. They played some hippie fest, and I went just to see them. Amazing band, yeah. And I've been gotten really close with them, and they're they're a great group of dudes, very oh, talented musicians. No, they they are rad. They're a lot of fun, especially. I mean, it's a perfect mixture for me since I'm a horror nerd, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, they there was a horror convention, probably Horror Hound, but I'm not sure which one, where they were supposed to play, and they came into town, and then they didn't have a PA set up there, and so the Jasons got up there to just start like basically playing on their little amps and they're like this doesn't work like so so they had to not play <laughs> like oh, so they, did you, oh, did you go shame. yeah i was there I oh was there. My, my buddy john was there too that's funny <laughs> and they just you know they people walk through the crowd like just with hats trying to like collect money for them because they came all the way there and yeah. basically got nothing to show for it but but no i've seen them a few times they're always a good time yeah they're playing mom's basement fest this year too so i can't wait to nice. see them again. yeah nice. they're awesome yeah, but I was gonna ask you. You were talking about like you know horror films. Like, what do you think? What does Jason, director Jason Zink, think makes a good horror film? Oh man, it's it's the, so the thing I like about the horror genre is that it encompasses all other genres. Like, once you have something that's like just barely horror, people will call it 
horror something. So like Shaun of the Dead is not scary, right? It's right, sure. it's a straight up comedy, but people will call it a horror comedy. And right. so I so I think there's a lot of wiggle room in what you can make. Like you can make like a funny um mockumentary like what we do in the shadows about vampires living together. Um Love that show. Yeah, right? You, you, you can have yeah. something like that and then you can have this really dark kind of slow building cerebral kind of movie like midsummer and they're both equally valid so yes. midsummer so is hard to watch <laughs> oh i love that movie so much so 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 there's a lot of stuff um that i think factors in but for me personally i really like things that are based in the real world i'm not as much a sci-fi or paranormal phenomenon kind of guy. Um, I, I can, you know, there are definitely movies that, that, you know, go past that. Like the exorcist is a masterpiece, even though I don't believe in any of that stuff. <laughs> so it's like, sure. it's harder, it's harder, me, harder for me to like suspend my disbelief, but, but it's still a kind of a perfect film. So I still love it. Um, but yeah, so for me, it's got to do something, uh, that I haven't seen before, or if it's going to just regurgitate the same old stuff, it's just got to be fun. And, mm-hmm. and I really like bad horror movies. Like I always tell people that I'm a big fan of like the number two, because I, if you pick out like my favorite in a lot of these um, franchises, it's number two. And and everybody else thinks that number two is garbage, but like troll two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, uh slumber party oh, the second one was two. hilarious <laughs> sleepaway camp too like all of these sequels are are usually the perfect thing for me because because it doesn't take itself too seriously and it goes in a direction where you didn't think it would go like evil dead 2 is a really good example yeah you know oh, yeah. so that was a really long-winded way to explain to basically say i love all horror <laughs> perfect uh well you talk about you know you don't believe in the paranormal like my co-host nick uh that's what he, he he's a ghost hunter i, I apologize actually... i oh, no, totally no. believe he, he took down slimer all by himself it was amazing. i sure did <laughs> no it's just i i i uh I, i'm not like religious or anything but i've had a lot of uh paranormal or i guess just unexplainable uh thing happen and it's been a kind of a passion of mine for a very long time but uh i'm not like it's for sure it's i don't even know what i believe to be honest so but yeah yeah, yeah. fair enough well you have all the gear and stuff like you you oh i do I mean, you, you yeah I, you i i take it very serious i i've invested a lot of money into uh paranormal equipment like EMF meters, cameras, all kinds of stuff. So wow, yep, very cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's there's that awkward silence. That. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it took an hour though. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ghost, I thought you were going to talk more about it. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I mean, you know, it's if you know. I know you don't really believe, and and uh, he doesn't either. So you know, it's not that. Go ahead. I don't believe Nick. It's that I don't fuck with it. I oh, let okay. that shit. I let that shit be where it is. I don't go and find it. I don't want to find it. I'm not saying I'm not a believer. I just don't want to bring anything home. 
So you know if what? it's out, if it's out there, it can fucking stay out there. And you can, you, know you can, you can make love to it. You can kiss it. You can hug it. Leave me the fuck out of it. I, it's, it's kind of funny uh, because I have done the opposite where I actually have gone to a lot of things to try to kind of, you know, I'm, I'm open in the sense that like, I would, I would totally let somebody you know prove me wrong i i totally sure i don't i don't have much faith that somebody will prove me wrong but (laughs) but i will i will totally be down for the challenge and so i've gone to like overnight stays at abandoned mental hospitals and stuff like that and we used to go we used to go to abandoned factories ourselves you know illegally just traipsing through there like the mantino mental hospital in mantino illinois which is no longer there but um, but yeah, we, we would do a lot of that stuff trying to find something or hear something sure. and you, and, and the only things that ever happened for us were just general, like it's dark in here. We're creeping each other out or like a bat flew away, like right next to us. And, um, oh yeah, 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 that kind of stuff would happen. But I, but we never saw anything that, you know, but we also didn't have the tools. We needed you. <laughs> yeah. Right. I needed to be there. <laughs> That's, That's right. it. Nick, no, Nick but. And- Nick can rattle some shit. Oh yeah, no, like, uh, like, like you were saying, you, you know, you go places and you don't really have anything happen. Believe it or not, like people think, oh, you go going, and like people who believe, they just assume that you're gonna find something like right away, and and something crazy is gonna happen. I'll tell you, like, nine point five out of ten fucking times, if something does happen, I can explain and it's not paranormal so it's it's like the very very rare occurrence when something happens is what makes me keep wanting to do it so but it's it's very rare though like i I can go to 50 different places that are supposedly the most haunted place in the world and i'll find absolutely fucking nothing so Mm -hmm. you're looking looking for that needle in the haystack exactly and i found it once or twice you know a, a handful of times that's, that's why I keep, you know, going and keep doing it. So, fair enough. Yep. So that's so, my uh, that's my hobby, other than the podcast. <laughs> yeah. How how are you feeling, by the way? I know you, uh, you know, with surgery wise. Oh, dude, I'm I'm so fucking sore right now. I'm just fighting yeah. through it. <laughs> oh no, we could have postponed. Yeah. What do you, do you uh, want to talk about it or? Yeah, we can talk. About <laughs> He got, um, he got stabbed multiple times. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot. <laughs> no, I uh, I had hernia repair surgery, and uh, I had multiple hernias. I think there was like four different areas that they oh needed to God. fix. Yeah, so they uh, made six different. Either well, is it? I think it's five. Five different incisions, and uh, you know they had to sew me up, and then put the mesh in to uh, keep them mm-hmm. from coming back. And uh, I think, I think the worst part about it all um, was they put a drain tube in it. It's kind of this thing that looks like what's in those old scream Halloween masks, squeeze it and it makes the fake blood come out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had essentially coming out of my stomach and uh, yeah, so I had that for over a week and uh, today I just got it out. Thank God. Wow. Yeah. So I'm I'm really like uh beat up right now. My stomach's all bruised and 
Yeah. I, yeah. The, o- the only surgery I've ever had was a hernia surgery, but I was in sixth grade, I think. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So like I, I was really sore and had a hard time walking for sure, but it was, um, you know, I basically just spent like a month and a half not being able to walk up and down the stairs at our middle school. So I would have to eat lunch by myself up there. That was that was the big torture for me. But oh, that sucks. But I didn't have four and I did, it wasn't in the stomach like my scar is in my pelvic area. Um, OK, OK. And, and the only thing that I don't know, do you do you have do you have like dissolvable stitches? Yeah, um, okay. I'm I'm stitched up left, right, and center. <laughs> be 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 careful with those near the end, because I I started taking it for granted because it was almost done, and like I took a shower once and was just you know put soaping myself up or whatever, and I sure. wound up ripping out the last couple stitches. Ooh, oh God, that sounds painful. I'm sorry. No, this has been an awesome episode of ambivalence. We are done. <laughs> Fuck this. I wasn't. Hey, I did that how he was feeling. I don't need this shit in my life. We can, we'll wait for that movie to come out next year. Look, I got I got pictures, and I tried to send them to Scott, and he, he refused. I said, no, I don't want to see. I can imagine. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Hey, yeah, does this, 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 this Disney keep bothering you, Nick? Just come back to work. Like they, need, they miss your smile. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they miss me big time. <laughs> he works no, at Disney, no. Jason. He, he works I, at Disney. Really? Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm no a house... For uh, one of the resorts, um, and, uh, that's not your that's not your title. No, okay, I'm a mouse keeper. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh; it hurts. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, he's, he's he's perfect. He fits in so well. He's just the happiest go lucky guy you ever met. Oh, dude, that, that's <laughs> the complete opposite of what I actually am. I'm so I'm really monotone and not. Not very magical, like Disney expects me to be. <laughs> a mouse keeper. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like that. Uh, it, it, some people take it like really serious, like cause when you have to go on people's doors, like and you know, like housekeepers do. They housekeeping. Uh, housekeeping. It's like Jesus Christ, dude. We're fucking housekeepers. Cut the shit. <laughs> I will never say that. <laughs> Well, well, I totally get it. It, you know, it matches the vibe, but it's like I don't like to think of mice when I'm staying at a hotel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What about a big one that wears shoes? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, watch you when you sleep. It's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting job, but for uh, sure, it's very well. So. Yeah, I'll take I'll take that aspect any day. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yep. What do you but, what do you what are you doing for work, Jay? I mean, in Lafayette, are you working? Or are you just? Yeah, taking, I taking uh, time to find yourself. What, what, are, you, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I. <laughs> so yeah, I guess you wouldn't even know this. Yeah, I was a. I, I haven't. Yeah. I was a teacher for four years, and then um, my school closed down permanently, and so I had to make a change and wound up landing as a career coach and so now i'm a career coach at ivy tech community college oh um, my alma mater yeah so <laughs> it's uh you know it, i think that i'm pretty good at it i like talking to students about what their interests are but i'd be lying if i said that this was uh my passion you know it, it's it's more just the how i pay the bills until i get to the point where i can 
work on films full time. You know, what, uh, what, what sure. did you teach for those four years? Uh, so I was an English teacher, but my school was really weird. So it was a public charter school. Um, okay. and, and so I would teach all subjects and you can kind of guess how that's complicated and doesn't work that well. Um, Absolutely. But, but the cool thing about the school, I will say, is that it was all individualized based on student interests. So like I had some really cool experiences where like I ran this group called the Youth Music Exchange, where my students uh, who were interested in music production would they had to find a mentor and then they would had to write lyrics to get like poetry credit and then they wound up ultimately they wound up making a business plan fundraising they bought a drum kit they recorded an entire album and threw a record release party and they get high school credit for that oh that's cool. oh wow that's awesome yeah so so there's some really cool stuff that happened because of it but um, but the school itself was you know doomed from the beginning I think right yeah <laughs> sure. So yeah, I wrote yeah, my, the ship down. Yeah, my wife uh, teaches middle school art in Portage at Willow Creek. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah, she's been there, yeah, she she loves it. The kids are assholes, but what are you gonna do? Yeah, kids are kids. I remember when she was pregnant with her daughter, she broke up a fight, and I was so mad at her. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> it's a maternal precious, instinct. You got precious yeah. cargo. You'll be. You can't be doing that. She goes, well, I need somebody to do it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. That's awesome. I, I didn't know what you did. I, I haven't talked to you in so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I wish I was just kind of floating around working. I get, I get so much stuff done, you know, film wise, while I'm working a full time job and donating plasma and doing all these things that, like, I just, I just wish that I didn't have to work a day job because I, I could only imagine how much I would get done. That's re- that's really the thing. It's yeah. It's not that I like want to be some spoiled brat where I don't have to work a day job. I, I just I just want to be able to spend all my time working hard doing uh-huh. the thing I'm passionate about, you know. Yeah. I told sure. my wife she I told my wife she should have been a doctor because I just want to be a stay at home dad. I don't yeah, want right? to I don't want to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> well, none of us do. I mean, my job isn't bad. I guess it's a not, it's a really good job. It's just like I'd rather be home playing with like Legos and shit. I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not driving to Gary to go to fair. work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I just have one more question for Jay, uh, music related, and then we can uh if, if Jay's right cool, then we can we can call it a night. Um what have you been listening to lately, like music wise? Um Wow, that's a good question. Um, I kind of got lately. I've been getting obsessed with specific songs, and I'll just play the song like over and over again for some uh, yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. And What's... so, so recently, I just kept listening to um, "Waves of Fear" by Lou Reed. Um, okay. But a part of it is because when I see something, if it's in a movie or a skate video and it really resonates with me, then when I keep listening to it, I keep like kind of replaying that, that feeling I got. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, they, they use that in this skate video. that was like a tribute to this um, downhill skateboarder um, who was killed um, in San Francisco. And they made a video as a tribute to him. And there's this amazing skate part where they're all bombing the hills and stuff to uh, waves of fear by Lou Reed. And I just keep, listening to it over and over again so um so yeah there's that and then you know it's what i've tried to do recently is get back into music because i i feel like the entire pandemic i became obsessed with podcasts which which 
which I'm not dogging on podcasts, I promise. But that's all right. <laughs> but I did realize that I was just spending all my time listening to people talk. And you're and welcome. Often, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and oftentimes I was like listening to people like complain or be negative about the world or whatever. You're welcome. And I, and, and I think it, and I think it was really starting to weigh on me. So now I'm trying to break out of that and get back into like listening to music and playlists all the time. Right on, man. I, well, I got. Have you do you have the Bandcamp app? Uh, I do, but I, I pretty much just use uh, Spotify. I'll send some stuff your way for sure. Oh, please um, do. Yeah, 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 no, my my biggest, my biggest, um, you know, you have like your movies and like your directing. My biggest uh, hobby right now that's been an addiction is record collecting. Um, I have a huge, but it's not just like, it's not just any fucking record. It's like mostly punk and like, and like uh, the bubblegum punk, like Groove, which Beach of Weasels, your queers albums. But uh, yeah, like my record collection within a couple of years has expanded. Like I have so yeah. many. My wife's that, like, my wife's like, God damn it, another one. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I wanted it. That's been uh, that's been me, but with VHS tapes. Okay. I, over the pandemic, I got back into VHS collecting, and it's it's kind of an addiction. I actually we're making a we made a short film called Tapehead about VHS collecting um, that's on the festival circuit right now. And uh, we're gonna make we're gonna make it into a trilogy, oh, and it cool. was all, yeah. It's just it's just this fun little. It's like a mockumentary about this guy who collects VHS, and as he looks for his holy grail tapes, he uh, is putting himself in really dangerous situations and doesn't realize how dangerous they are. So like, so he's almost getting murdered by people, but like is blissfully unaware of what's happening. Um, nice. Yeah. So oh wow, you're back. That scared me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> God, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh but yeah so so yeah the, i totally understand the obsession with collecting oh, i have some yeah. records too but i'm not hey actually scott i had a weird uh you used to like afi right uh like old afi like when they were yeah. a hardcore punk band yeah the, i did the the current bass player for fear is i just learned that he's from afi like off that first what is it the dork ep Okay, um, but yeah, I mean, he's been around for the majority of the band, actually, and I, and I had no idea. Like he, you know, I spent most of my time focusing on like Lee and Spit as the original members of Fear, and right. Jeff and Eric are kind of the newer guys. I mean, they've been around for years now, but um, but yeah, I just I was putting together questions and I was looking up some stuff about them, and I was like, wait a second, <laughs> this guy this guy was in AFI like <laughs> for years, and I had that's, no idea that's who that's I'm awesome. talking. To. That's funny. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Them up because I was actually just listening to them today. Oh, really? I, yeah, I I love their old stuff. Like, yes, yeah, their old stuff's very good. Well, like the in between period, like I because I'm really big into like uh, horror punk and stuff. And, you know, they went to for through that like weird like horror punk thing where he became that, like, obsessed uh, with was, Danzig. Was that the Halloween? Yeah, 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 the album. Yep, yeah, the, yeah. The Total Immortal video and stuff. Uh, I love that. That's that's I, actually what I was listening to. That's actually yeah. That's like my jam from listening to them back in the day. And it's weird. I I I'm kind of scared to ask him, but when you look at his like Wikipedia of all the stuff he did with AFI, it doesn't list uh, that Halloween one, All Hollows EP. Um, and I'm like, so I don't know why he wouldn't be in that one since he was in like everything else. But mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I used to love that stuff too. But I thought that was pretty funny. 
I was listening to uh, MTX's uh, More Than Toast on repeat today. I don't know what that is. Mr. T Experience? You don't oh, know? Oh, I yeah. do know Mr. T Experience. Yeah, they have a song called More Than Toast, and it's fucking catchy as shit. I wonder if I have that. My buddy Alex. It's uh, yeah, they're awesome. He hooked me up with all their stuff a long time ago, but yeah, I there yeah that and then uh, yeah, I have to. Uh, I'll definitely send some stuff your way probably tonight because it's probably fresh in my brain. Um, but yeah, there's just it's it's been the pandemic as as shitty as it was has been excellent for like the underground music because like bands are recording like nonstop. Yeah, um, like Dan Vapid. Uh, put out an album during COVID. Well, he recorded during COVID and now he has another one coming out like in, a, I think, September 23rd. Like, there's two albums this year from the guy and he like he had nothing for a while. So it's like, I, I'm i just like so happy that like the shows are back and like people recording like nonstop and it's just like fucking taking off. It's insane. Yeah, for sure. For sure, definitely. I mean, Nick, Nick is, uh, Nick's doing a, uh, Halloween comp for his record label coming out soon. Uh, oh yeah, like that's, that's of, my yeah. other hobby. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, that. It's coming together so good. Uh, we actually managed. I don't know if you've heard of them or if you're even big into like horror punk, but uh, there's this band called Brain Eaters, and it's uh, from Sam Hain. Uh, it's his other band. They're fucking great, and I I managed okay. to. Uh, Get them to record a brand new song for it. So I did not, wow. but it's happening. So yeah, definitely That's psyched rad. about that. That's rad. I'll send a copy over to you, Jason, once it's all set in stone. Hell yeah, yeah definitely. Awesome, man. I I'll get man, you, I, I'll get you I wish I still had it. I back in the day from like VHS collecting, I had this Misfits uh, compilation VHS um, with like the only. Danzig footage at the time that people could find or whatever and they they had that brain eaters video on it and it was so it was so beat up and like <laughs> crazy oh, yeah. looking yeah just yeah. so degraded from transfer after transfer but man i used to watch that thing on repeat oh yeah definitely but that that video is on a uh, youtube actually is it in now all, <laughs> in all it's in all it's extremely low quality glory yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah okay. all good with me well, um, Jason, thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us tonight and giving us your time. I mean, you don't know how excited I was that, that you agreed to fucking do this. Um, yeah, me too. I'm going to try and get you on for a while. And I was like, he just doesn't want to be on the show. He doesn't want to talk to me. Like, I was like, he doesn't. He <laughs> doesn't. Not want, yeah. I, I didn't say it was. I'm just saying, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a special kind of person. But yeah, <laughs> um, I'm so glad you, like, Sit down, hung out with us, talked about your movie, talked to just reminisce on the good times and what you're doing. And I'm so happy for you and your success. And um, feel free to come back whenever you want. And I mean, this has just been an absolute blast. Yeah, it really I, has I had, been. I had a really good time talking. And seriously, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, if, if there's anything you want to plug, um, that was the time, and we'll we'll be quiet. Oh my god! Wow, geez. Uh, well, so. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm over here in DIYville. Uh, I'm still donating blood plasma uh, two times a week. So if you are uh, at all into straight edge kegger, if you watched it on Shutter, I really appreciate you. Um, but please spread the word and know that the Blu-ray is packed full of stuff because a lot of times that's the only way that we're making any money back off of this thing. 
Um, but yeah, just keep following, you know, our social media channels. I'm not the best about it, but I try to keep our Facebook, Instagram, and even now a TikTok up to date. TikTok? Awesome. Yeah. I never thought I would do it, and I'm still kind of not. I'm, I'm being a bad person about it. Uh, I started one. It's called Weird on TikTok. Uh, which I thought was pretty damn clever, but, uh, <laughs> but but I'm having a friend kind of run it for me. Like I basically, um, I basically made a huge Google Drive and I uploaded all this like content and stuff that people have never seen before. Um, and so it's it's kind of at her discretion what gets what gets posted for now because there's just too many social media channels and it stresses me out. <laughs> so sure, sure. So I just yeah. I'm like. You know, I want to do it, but I'm also like, I start getting too like analytical about it. I start beating myself up. Like, why did that post not do well? And what can I do differently? So, um, so I'm making every effort I can to not be that person. <laughs> I, uh, I, I hope every video is like you eating food and not in your head if it tastes good and just dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it just is. the latest tiktok dance <laughs> no it's definitely not but it might it might turn into that one day when i'm totally crap. Well, what, what could i do differently i could dance that would solve everything <laughs> yep that's coming well, up soon that's awesome man we'll go keep our eyes and ears open for that for sure but um again thank you and nick glad you're doing well and uh you just keep keeping covering man and um we will fear Earl's holes with something different next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. <laughs>